Are you trying to create a podcast but don't have the money for all the equipment it takes? Maybe not so great with all the editing? Not sure how to distribute your podcast once you have everything recorded? Well, look no further because Anchor is here to help. Anchor is the easiest way to make podcasts. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or phone. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And best of all, it's free. We looked at so many different distribution websites before finding Anchor and wish we had found it sooner. They even set you up with sponsors they think will fit the vibe of your podcast, which you can accept or decline at any time. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy Happy podcasting! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen! Wait, are you going to say this week on Morbidly Intoxicated? Yeah! I was going to say it after. Oh, I guess I'll do it in reverse. That's good. (laughs) This week on Morbidly Intoxicated, we cover the case of Lizzie Borden. Hey, you want to grab a drink? it yeah 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 welcome back ladies and gentlemen welcome back everybody we missed you how you been let me let me tell you been forever (laughs) let me tell you our hiatus well my hiatus shit (laughs) i don't even know what was i doing school school oh i graduated guys yay couple days ago (laughs) done with that place bro so now we're both going to be cosmetologists. Someday Ooh. when they let us get our license. I still don't have my test date. <laughs> Thank you so much for waiting. Yeah. Um, we had like a crazy turn of events happen. So Sierra was dealing with school and work full time. So that was both oh full time. And then we had a loss in the family. And then when I got back from that, I ended up getting COVID. <laughs> mm. um, Before that, you were just sick with something. Yeah, and then I was sick. I like you couldn't, you couldn't even yeah. hear me. I was like, "Well, we're not doing this to our twenty listeners." So, um, <laughs> happy twenty twenty one. Happy twenty twenty one. It's been grand. Is it over now? So we're recording. For the record, we're recording with the garage door open. So if you hear some little birdies. Just deal with it because it's a nice day enjoy it <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of ambiance yeah when we tell you really shitty things oh um so before we start with lizzie borden which i'm super excited about because i only know like the very basics yes we're 100 percent shaming lily for this i'm sorry what, kind, what true crime fan doesn't know the lizzie borden case no i'm literally such the worst true crime fan because i'll fixate on one thing and i only learn about that one thing and i'm like this is what i'm doing that's right this the other day you asked me who the boston strangler was or like about Uh, that case and i was like oh i asked if you had ever heard it yeah yeah of course sorry i it's uh, so i've been doing research for one of our upcoming episodes um and like analyzing song lyrics and i was like who's albert DeSalvo? i was like i didn't recognize the name either though but it was the boston strangler Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i don't know who that is. <laughs> Shake my damn head. Shake my damn head. Listen. Next you're going to be like, who's BTK? <gasps> who's Son of Sam? And I'm going to kick you out of our podcast. Oh my gosh. It's just going to be the Sierra show. <laughs> like, um, RIP Lily. <laughs> I fucking murdered her. Her career is dead. 
fucking murdered her. Um, here's the episode on her. <laughs> I pu- I just published my confession. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I um <clears throat> I have a funny little story before I tell our listeners about our new wine that we're trying. Mm-hmm. I have this coworker, and I won't say her name, and she probably doesn't listen to my podcast, so it's uh, fine. Weird. Well, it's an old coworker. Oh, okay, I see. And uh, she would sit there at work. She'd go, hmm, do do do, do 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 do, like all the time. <laughs> and I would text my mom, and I was like, "I'm gonna fucking murder this girl <laughs> if she doesn't shut the fuck <laughs> up." And. Uh, my mom was like, oh, and then uh, Sierra can cover your story on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, perfect. Literally. This is what we did it for. <laughs> this week on Morbidly Intoxicated. We're talking about why I no longer have a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, also, before we get started, we have a new wine today that Lily picked out. That you have tried, but I have yeah, not. Yeah, a while up ago. Oh, up go, up go. It's the Rosada Red Moscato. It's the same brand as the Moscato Diossi that we tried. The blue, whenever the, blue the fuck ago. I think that was our first episode. I think that was. Oh no, we no, did we, like a pink that, barefoot. Well, we never published that episode. Yes, we did. Oh well, that was the Palmadrasky. Did we even? We didn't talk about it though. I remember. Oh yeah, I don't remember. We were supposed to post what wines we've been drinking. <laughs> I'll we make a tab on Instagram, I guess. Yeah. And um, we can post them in no, li- order. No, I, I forgot that we, our first ever episode, we actually didn't publish because we were going to redo it. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we're going to do that at some point. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, our, so Paul Madrowski was technically supposed to be our second episode. So let's go ahead and taste this little wine. There, I put the words over it. Okay. Clink, clink. Yeah. It's so sweet. This one's good. <laughs> I like this one. I like this better than the white one. So tell me about some Elizabeth. Okay. So, for the record, I only used Wikipedia. Did you really? Yes. Because there's really not as much on this case as people think there is. Oh, okay. And the sources are kind of like... Wishy-washy? Yeah. Yeah, so I just stuck to Wikipedia because I felt like that was the best source, honestly. Lizzie Andrew Borden was born July 19th, 1860. I'm gonna stop you. Yes, her middle name's Andrew. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was God like, damn it, Lily. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> In Fall River, Massachusetts. Her parents were Sarah Anthony Morse and Andrew Jackson Borden. Andrew Borden struggled as a young man before prospering in the manufacture of furniture and caskets. He then became a successful property developer, director of several textile mills, and owned a large amount of commercial property. Uh, Later, he became the president of Union Savings Bank and a director of the Durfee Safe Deposit Trust and Company. How? How did he go from what he was previously doing to... The man had connections. I guess so. He knew a lot of people in the town, because we'll get there, but it's a really small, like, rich town that they lived in. Oh, Okay. So, at his death, his estate was valued at 300k, which is about 9 million today. So, they were a very wealthy family. Mm -hmm. Despite the family's wealth, Andrew Borden was known to be extremely frugal. They didn't have indoor plumbing, which at the time was normal for wealthy families, and they didn't live in the nicer part of town known as The Hill, where other wealthy family members lived. So, they were wealthy, but they weren't like... But he didn't like to spend a lot of money. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which I guess is how you stay rich, right? So it's kind of like Willie Pickton. Like, he lived on that gross, dirty farm, but he, but had, he had, like... Tons of money, yeah. yeah. Okay. True. In 1863, Lizzie's mother died, and three years later, her father got remarried to a woman named Abby Gray. That's sad. 
I guess. I don't think he cared much. <laughs> um, yeah, especially if he remarried, like, three years later. Yeah. That's pretty... Although, back then, that was actually normal. Like, you were kind of judged if you weren't married at, like, a certain I, age. I guess that makes sense. And people, like, didn't want to talk to you if you were a widow. Was this around the time that they oh, were whatever. marrying, like, 16-year-olds? <laughs> In 1860? Yes. <laughs> Gross. Lizzie and Abby didn't have a very good relationship. Um, she always called her Mrs. Borden and refused to call her mom or by her first name. Because she thought that she was just a gold digger. Fair. Right. Um, Bridget Sullivan, known as Maggie, the Borden's live-in maid, was quoted saying that Lizzie and her sister Emma rarely ate meals with their parents. So, okay. they didn't want to spend money, but they had a live-in maid. Yeah, but you also paid people really low wages back then. That's true. It was like probably five cents an hour. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't want to do their own cleaning. Uh, the family became strained even more when fights broke out after Andrew began gifting real estate to various members of Abby's family. Oh. After Andrew gave Abby her own house, the sisters demanded their childhood home from him, which they purchased for $1, before selling it back to their father for $5,000. Stop. Yeah. Which they, is about 142000 That's literally a, almost like a $5,000 profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> which what? is pretty funny, because he was like, I'll sell it to you for a dollar. And then they're like, okay, you want to buy it back? <laughs> I'd have been like, no, I fucking live here. <laughs> so back to you for five grand. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money now. Yeah. But not for a house, but I mean, just in general. That's like 142000 um nowadays, which is not a lot for a house. No. That'd I be was, a small house. I was going to say, I think my mom's house, and you've seen her house. Yeah. It's not like super huge. It's pretty nice, but hers was like in the 200000 mm-hmm. range. And they lived in a pretty big house. So, so it was still technically a good deal for the time. Yeah. In the days leading up to August 4th, the entire household had been sick. It was believed that bad meat had been the cause, though Abby had feared poisoning. Andrew wasn't well-liked by people in the community, so she was afraid that someone was trying to kill them. Did they have, like, refrigerators? Or did they do, No, this like... is 1860. <laughs> okay, so they did, like, ice chests and shit. Yeah. Okay. Or they had to buy the meat, like, fresh. Huh. Well, I don't know, Sierra. <laughs> Plus, you can buy meat bad, like... If they didn't take care of it in the shop, too. Yeah, that's true. On August 3rd, John Moore, Sarah's brother, which was which was Lizzie's mom, okay. came to stay the night and discuss business matters with Andrew. In the morning, John attended breakfast with the entire family, including the maid, Maggie. Afterwards, John and Andrew went into the sitting room and talked for about an hour before John left around 8.45 to go shopping and visit his niece. He said he was planning to return after lunch. Uh, then Andrew Borden left for his morning walk about 9 a.m. One of Lizzie and Emma's regular chores was to clean the guest room, but that morning Abby went upstairs between 9 and 10.30 a.m. to make the bed. What I find weird is that they still had chores, but they have a live-in maid. Maybe it's to teach them discipline? Yeah, makes sense. It's just a little weird. Because If I was that kid, I'd be like, what the fuck? We have a maid. (laughs) Like, (laughs) well, I know, like, even some people that, like, are wealthy... They make their kids go get jobs. They're like, no, my kid's going to learn how right. to work for their money. Those people are great. Yeah. A lot of those people don't do that. Right? <laughs> like, well, I have the money. I'll just give them whatever they want. Just I'm like, small, that's going to be good for just, them. Just a small loan of a million dollars. So true. <laughs> While cleaning, Abby was struck on the side of her head with a hatchet. Oh, Cutting what? her just above her ear and causing her to fall and slam her face into the floor. This was the stepmom? Mm-hmm. Abby was then struck 17 more times in the back of the head, killing her. Oh my god. Evidence shows Abby was facing her killer when she was first attacked. So she knew who attacked her. 
Oh my god. Andrew Borden returned home around 10.30 a.m. His key didn't work in the door, so he began knocking. Maggie came to unlock the door and found that it was jammed shut. Oh. It's reported that she cursed and heard Lizzie laughing from the second floor but couldn't see her. Just to note, Abby was already dead at this time and anyone on the second floor would have been able to see her body. Oh, she. <laughs> Later, Lizzie denied being upstairs and said that she thought Abby was gone because she had received a letter earlier to visit a sick friend. Lizzie states that after Andrew was let in, she helped him take off his boots and change into his slippers so he could take a nap on the couch. She told Maggie there was a sale in town and she wanted her to go, but Maggie didn't feel well. So she was basically, like, trying to get Maggie out of the house. Right. So then Maggie says she went up to the third floor to take a nap. Which means she would have had to walk, walk past the second floor where Abby's body was lying out in the open. Right. Around 11.10 a.m., she heard Lizzie yell from downstairs, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Uh-uh. <laughs> right. Andrew was found dead on the couch in the sitting room. He'd been struck 10 or 11 times with a, quote, hatchet-like weapon. One of his eyeballs was cut in half. Oh, my God. Judging by the scene, it's believed he was asleep when he was attacked. His time of death was around 11 a.m. So he had been sitting there for 30 minutes. He was sitting there. Well, he was supposedly taking a nap. So he got home at around 10.30. No, but I'm saying he was sitting there dead for 30 minutes before she was like, hey, somebody. (laughs) No, 10 minutes. Oh, she oh. called. Da- she called up at like around eleven ten, and his oh, time of death okay. was around eleven a.m. Andrew's wounds were still bleeding when a doctor who lived across the street arrived. He determined Andrew was dead, and in searching the house for the intruder, found Abby dead upstairs. When police questioned Lizzie after the attack, her story was strange and kept changing. At first, she reported hearing a groan and/or signs of distress before she entered the house. Two hours later, she told police that nothing seemed wrong when she entered the house. When asked where Abby was, she said that she'd received a letter to visit a sick friend. But she also stated that she thought Abby had returned and asked someone to go upstairs to look for her. How old was she at this time? Because she had to have been young. 32. Oh. And single, which was very suspicious at the time. I (laughs) would assume that she was younger. Yeah, I thought when I always heard the stories, I thought that she was like like 17 or 18. Yeah. Or even like 20. But no, she was 32. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that was like a big deal in the town. I remember reading that. Because, um. She was 32, still single, living at home, which is, like, super taboo at the time. Right. Like, people got married at, like, 16. Gross. (laughs) So. I guess that wasn't gross for that time, but... That was normal back then. I'm glad we decided that's not a... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. People are not fully developed. (laughs) Um, so she then stated that she thought Abby had returned and asked someone to go upstairs to look for her. Maggie and a neighbor who heard about Andrew were halfway up the stairs when they looked into the guest room and saw Abby's mutilated body on the floor. Mm-hmm. Police said that they didn't like Lizzie's attitude, that she was too calm and poised. Mm-hmm. Though they thought her suspicious, they never checked her for bloodstains. Seriously? Mm-hmm. I mean, this was the 18, what, like 90s? 1860s. Well, yeah, 1890s. Yeah. But I mean, you murder someone with a hatchet? <laughs> There's gonna be blood. Well, here's my thing. There wasn't any DNA or anything, like, Mm. you just went off of context clues. And I've heard a lot of cases where they're like, they mop up the blood, or they don't check people for blood, or they do, like, all this shit to clean up the crime, and then (laughs) that evidence is all just gone. You're like, what the fuck? (laughs) That was a big thing. Like, crime scene, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, crime scene control, I guess. Yeah. Wasn't even really a thing until, like, the 70s. It's still really not a thing. Like <laughs> I know. But, yeah, they used to do that. Like, up until, like, 60s, 70s, they would just be like... They would take some photos and they'd be like, all right, clean it up. Yes. And no, you're like, bruh, that- <laughs> that's all the evidence you had. 
That's like one of John Mulaney's jokes is he was like, he's like a detective walks into this crime scene and, and the police officer goes over and says, uh, detective, I think I found a, a pool of the killer's blood. And he goes, gross, mop that up. Yeah. Now back to my hunch. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> they used to do shit like that. And then later down the road, people were like, you really cleaned up the whole crime scene? You didn't take samples of anything? Like, no booties, no gloves. Or even like suspiciously, like there was times where they just didn't bag that murder weapon seriously yeah they're like if it was like a kitchen knife from the home they would just be like i just wash it for him and put it back in the kitchen block and you're like absolutely not that's the murder weapon dude like we don't want to steal their knives yeah i've definitely read things like that not their fine china <laughs> ridiculous you're like how that's a japanese knife you put that back <laughs> that's value that's a collectible right there right. um okay so They also only did a quick search of her room. In the basement, the police found two hatchets, two axes, and a hatchet head. The hatchet head was thought to be the murder weapon. The hatchet head was thought to be the murder weapon because the break in the handle looked fresh and the dust on it looked placed there. None of these tools were taken into evidence. (laughs) This doesn't surprise me anymore. (laughs) No. No, not at all. No. Residents suspected Lizzie of trying to poison her family oh, because people saw her trying to buy hydros- hydrocyanic acid in a diluted form at the drugstore. So what is that high-low whatever acid? So basically, it's like a mild poison. Like, it does have traces of cyanide in it. Okay. But small amounts will only cause, like, headaches, dizziness, weakness, nausea, and all that. So probably the symptoms that they were having. Right. Cause didn't because she, s- she bought it in a diluted form. Okay. So. Yeah, didn't you say the maid wasn't feeling well or something? The whole family was sick yeah. a couple days before this. Okay. And they thought it was, like, food poisoning, so that would be similar symptoms. Yeah. So, then people saw Lizzie buying that at the drugstore, but she said she was using it to clean her furs, though medical examiners said it didn't have cleaning properties. That's so weird that you could just buy that at the store. You like, could buy so much at the store over the counter back then. I mean, you could still buy a lot now, but I think that's so weird. True. However, when tested for poison the family also came back negative interesting okay which i don't know like how they were testing back then or what they were testing for probably not very well or if that would even show up because not everything shows up on like toxicology reports yeah even now where we have all this you know equipment to do it yeah you have to test like specifically for Mm -hmm. things so i don't really know on the night of the murders lizzie and emma's friend alice russell spent the night with them along with their uncle morse Police were stationed around the house, and one reported seeing Lizzie and Alice enter the cellar with a lamp and a slot pail. He couldn't tell what they were doing, but he saw Lizzie bent over the sink. On August 6th, police finally inspected the sisters' clothes and took the hatchet head into evidence. Finally. a couple days after the murder. Right. Probably clean. Mm Mm-hmm. On August 7th, Alice Russell entered the kitchen to see Lizzie tearing up a dress. She told her that she was going to burn the dress because it had paint on it. Was it red paint? (laughs) Was it, though? (laughs) The police didn't question it further, and no one knows if it was the dress she was wearing on the day of the murder. They just didn't question it. Because they didn't really take paint. It. When were you painting within the past couple days? Right. Show me this paint. Mm-hmm. Lizzie was officially interrogated on August 8th. She was so erratic that she was given morphine to calm her nerves, and she often refused to answer questions even if they benefited her. What? Yeah. The police said all her stories continued to contradict themselves. Probably because she has hopped up on morphine as well. Could be. And she's a murderer. It's fine. (laughs) That's why. On August 11th, Lizzie was served with a warrant and arrested for the murders. The testimony that she gave to police earlier was ruled inadmissible in court because her story kept changing. Right. And because she was hopped on morphine um but could they use that against her saying that it did keep changing or they just couldn't use 
said at no, all. No, they couldn't use it in court at all. Okay. Five days before the trial, there was another axe murder in the same area. Before Bert- the trial? Mm-hmm. So while Lizzie was in custody, there was another okay. axe murder. Okay. Bertha Manchester was hacked to death in her kitchen. The cases looked extremely similar, and it was brought up to the jurors. However, a man was found and tried in that case, and it was determined he wasn't in the area at the time of the Borden murders. So he was almost like a copycat, kind of like murder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The hatchet head was a major discussion during trial. Prosecutors argued that the killer had removed the handle because it would have been covered in blood. And there was contradicting reports of whether the handle was found nearby. There was an article that said it was, and then a couple articles said that they never found the handle. So I'm going to guess that they didn't find the handle. Yeah. That's the problem with pulling up, like, multiple sources. Like, yeah, there's a lot of good information, but... Yeah. Like, in bigger cases like this, and, like, even when I was researching, like, Scott Peterson, there's so many different, like, variations of it. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna make my best judgment. Yeah. Wikipedia said that there was contradicting reports, and so I tried to find, like other reports but most things said either nothing about it or that it wasn't found yeah and then there was like one or two that said it was so i was like okay so there are contradicting reports in general on that lizzie's friend alice russell testified that she saw lizzie tearing up and burning a dress in the kitchen after she had apparently gotten paint on it this was never (laughs) cross-examined though it was brought up that no bloody clothes were found weird probably because she burnt the dress (laughs) what the literally what the fuck i Um, i mean it's the 1890s i you can't literally can't say anything because this is just that's where this case is so funny like like oh the lizzie borden case and and then like doing research on it again i was like what even is this case why are people so obsessed with it police back then were just a whole joke honestly so at trial lizzie's timeline didn't quite add up at 10 58 a.m the maid left lizzie and her father downstairs lizzie told several people she then went into the barn for 20 to 30 minutes but a man named Hyman Lubinsky said he saw Lizzie exit the barn at 11.03 a.m. and another witness confirmed that time. Maggie then heard Lizzie calling from downstairs at 11.10 a.m., meaning she couldn't have been in the barn for a half hour. You're gonna love this part. Oh, God. Oh, another thing I want to note. Maggie left Lizzie and her father downstairs at 10.58 a.m. 10.58, okay. And went up to the third story. Right. But Abby was already dead on the second story. The maid was in on it. So that doesn't add up to me. Because the doctor says that he literally walked upstairs and he could see her body from the, from the stairs. stairs. Yeah. So if she walked up, she would have seen her body. There's no way. Right. Also, <laughs> I just want to interject because I feel like I've heard this feedback a bit. Mm. Um we're not laughing at these victims. We're not laughing at the crimes. We're laughing at like how fucking ridiculous this like investigation was. Why do people think we're laughing at victims? I, like, I've gotten one other thing from about that, and I was like, really? How is that coming off that we're laughing at the victims? I feel like I'm just going to say that. Not like, to, you dumb bitch, you got murdered. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? We would not do that. I would say that if, like, a serial killer got murdered. Right. But they deserve that. <laughs> but, like, fuck them. Anyways, true. True. So, yeah. So, she would have seen her body. Yeah. Just for the record. Okay. So, Maggie, I have some questions. Maggie. <laughs> um, so, in court, you're going to love this. Uh, in court, this is so 1800s. Like, oh this would no. never fly. The victim's heads were removed during autopsy and presented in court. Stop. <laughs> and if that you're isn't kidding me. the 1800s, I don't know what They is. just showed up with two severed They <laughs> brought so cool. their severed... They're severed, crushed in skulls into the courtroom as evidence. And Lizzie literally fainted on the stand. Like, (laughs) 
What? <laughs> Isn't oh. that fucking insane? Yes. And I don't know. Hold on. So cameras were invented just before this in 1888. So they could have like taken a picture of it. Yeah, I don't know how accessible they were though. It was literally like oh that big a one where years. You, you like stand under the curtain. And yeah. Yeah. So this was 1892, and they were invented in 1888. So it's like, oh, four years. Yeah. So four years. So I don't know how accessible those were. They did exist. (laughs) So I don't feel like we had to wheel in two severed severed heads. heads. And not just severed heads. They literally, both their skulls were crushed in by a hatchet. Right. The one. The dad's eyeball was cut in half. And the stepmom was was like chopped in the head 17 times literally oh my god i couldn't i can't believe that i can't believe that that's a thing i can't believe that that was like ever allowed to happen that's just so yeah fucking ridiculous insane like what so so yeah obviously lizzie literally fainted and i would be surprised if other people didn't because like how you would react to that right even the pictures make people like ill yeah in court with, like, really brutal crimes. People can't even look at the photos. I couldn't tell, like, an actual severed head. Oh, my God. Insane. No. So, the jury deliberated for an hour and a half and eventually acquitted Lizzie of her parents' murder. Stop. Mm-hmm. While she was acquitted, many people still speculate that she did it. A yeah. few of the motives are that she was having an affair with the maid. That's why the maid saw the body, didn't do anything, and, and like, was upstairs... And then she heard her call down. It's like a little bit of that, but it's, there's no, there's no backing to that. Being gay <laughs> wasn't a thing in the 1800s. Yeah. So they're like, that was literally what it was. They're like, it was a lesbian affair. No. Like, okay. Because even in like the 30s, people were getting arrested for it. True. So who knows? Other people thought that it could be because their father was abusive. Okay. Because he was known to be pretty mean and pick his wife over them and all that. Uh, yeah. Um, also, anger over him giving all his property to Abby and her family and not to them. Well, and she didn't like Abby anyway. Right. Or a psychotic break. <laughs> I mean, she was 32 unwed, so... <laughs> probably... She was also extremely erratic. That's why they had to give oh. her the morphine at the interviews, because she was, like, okay, acting crazy. And so they're so like, it was like, okay, calm her down. It was like anxiety before anxiety was a thing. Yeah. Pretty much. So John Morris, Lizzie's uncle, was another suspect. He stayed at the house the night before the murders. Okay. And he rarely spoke to any of them afterwards. According to the police, he gave a, quote, absurdly perfect and over-detailed alibi for the death of Abby Borden, end quote. Which you couldn't find what alibi he gave, but he told everyone he was going to visit his niece and he'd right. be back after lunch. Yeah. So. So he probably just, like... Like how when a little kid lies, they go into way too much detail, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, okay. like I took Seventh Street to Forty Eighth, and uh-huh. I turn right." Like you're just overselling it, right? So a little strange. Uh, Maggie Sullivan, the live-in maid, was also a suspect. The theory was that it was extremely hot on the day of the murders, and she killed them in retaliation for being forced to clean the windows. Was she a witch? <laughs> what? Was she a witch? What? what does that even mean i what, uh, like, <laughs> that's such a weird thing to like that is literally one of the theories is that she was pissed that she had to clean the windows on a really hot day that's because so... the sun was like shining in <laughs> what? like that's a little bit of like a okay 
over aggressive yeah it's a bit like it's overkill literally <laughs> overkill on overkill so another possible motive for lizzie and emma was that since abby died first her estate went to andrew and then after andrew's death everything went to lizzie and emma so they would okay. get so they got back all the property he gave abby plus all of his estate and wealth oh, okay yeah because abby died first yeah okay so, so yeah everything went thing. to yeah. yeah and so that was a possible motive so was that determined by like time of death mm-hmm. then okay so after the trial the borden sisters moved into a large home in the hill neighborhood which was the really fancy neighborhood fancy. yeah um despite her acquittal people still treated lizzie like a murderer i would <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit suspicious lizzie and emma eventually had a falling out and she moved out of the house and never spoke to her sister again Lizzie Borden died of pneumonia on June 1st, 1927. Wow. Funeral details weren't published in the obituaries, and very few people attended. Nine days later, Emma died of kidney disease. Aww. Neither sister ever married, and they were buried next to each other in their family plot. At the time of her death, Lizzie was worth over 250k, which is almost $5 million today. Holy shit. And that is the case of Lizzie Borden. So now let's analyze this. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. So first of all, her timeline doesn't add up. No. Lizzie, I got some questions. She's also burning the dress, which is suspicious. Yeah. The whole <laughs> thing screams like, bitch, you did it. Right. And then another thing was that um, Lizzie stated that she helped her dad get ready for his nap. She took off his boots and put on his slippers. But in the crime scene photos, he's still wearing his boots. So that's code for, um, I took off his eyeball. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to get it to his head right oh my god so that just doesn't add up to like that timeline the maid is also suspicious mm-hmm. because she's saying she didn't see a body when she had to pass the room to get to her room on the third floor unless she was blind so also she's the one that said the door was jammed from the inside when andrew got home but if the door was jammed from the which i don't inside. really understand why the door was jammed but obviously yeah. If you could just, Lizzie's story is that there was like a killer in the house, so the killer would have already had to be there and jam the door shut, and then they wouldn't. He wouldn't have gone to Andrew, right? Um. Also, forty-five minutes later, she hears Lizzie yelling from downstairs. You're telling me she went upstairs, passed a body, and only took a forty-five minute nap? Yeah. It says she was resting. That there was something in here that like that's an absolute monstrosity. And like, doesn't hear anything coming from downstairs. Yeah, and he was also supposedly loud. asleep. Right. But how would he have already been asleep? And he didn't have his boots off, so maybe he wasn't even taking a nap. That's maybe. just the story that they're feeding us. Yeah. I find Maggie suspicious. I feel like maybe not a part of it, but like a witness and she just didn't say anything. Maybe she just wanted to keep getting paid. True. Or maybe she was really pissed about those windows. <laughs> she <laughs> was just... And was having an affair with... Lizzie. Having an affair with Lizzie. That would be like the romance story. That's better than Romeo and Juliet. Literally. <laughs> and there's still murder in this one. <laughs> there's still murder. I well, guess that one's suicide. I was going to say that one's not murder. So that's what I've got for you. Um, It's not as clean cut as everyone makes it out to be. Like everyone's like, yeah, Lizzie Borden. Borden, she like killed her whole family. Aren't there it's songs like, about her too? Yeah, it's like Lizzie Borden took an axe. Oh, it gave her father 40 wax, but she actually only potentially or allegedly hit him like 11 times. But 11 doesn't rhyme. Right. Or it said gave her... Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. 
Okay, we shut the garage door because damn, those birds are so loud. Yeah, but so sorry about that. <laughs> you're going to hear it. I'm sorry, but it's more muffled now. They're aggressive. They're aggressive. It's like one in the afternoon. I don't understand. Literally. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, there's like a little rhyme that everyone sings about Lizzie Borden. And it's like a nursery rhyme, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like two sentences. <laughs> and I got this off of history.com. Okay. In case you need the reference. So it says, Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. No, that's true. <laughs> no. Wasn't her actual mother. Uh, wasn't her mother. And she only hit her, like, allegedly hit her, like, 17 times. And then she hit her father, like, 10 to 11 times. Allegedly. Allegedly. I guess 17. But then it doesn't rhyme. It's not as funny. So, it's yeah. It's not funny it's at not all. It's not as... But- scary i guess yeah so that's that's that do you think she did it yeah absolutely yeah i think her and the maid were in on it something i don't know there's something suspicious there definitely so yeah i i don't know i i just hate how like mishandled it was i know and you still see that shit today like like there's one case that we were planning on doing about kendrick johnson and they like I won't give too much away, but they, like, didn't even wear booties when they went in and there was, like, blood on the floor and mm-hmm. they didn't even call, like, a coroner until, like, six hours after, which Literally. is technically illegal, but... So, I mean, it still happens today, but not to that, like, extent, I guess, yeah. Like, they pick and choose what they do, right? Right. So, what I'm wondering, though, so a doctor showed up... Pretty soon after, because his wounds were still bleeding. Mm-hmm. So when did she have time to, like... When did she have time to, like, change her dress and clean all this blood off of her, though? She would have had to take, like, five minutes, like, seriously. Yeah. At least, like, a while to get... I mean, there's a lot of, like, splatter and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when well, you kill someone with a hatchet. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, she would have had to clean up within, like, five or ten minutes. Yeah. If, that, if he was still bleeding, like... Mm-hmm. Because after a while, your blood just starts to clot. I mean... Yeah. Bleed out. But they never checked her for blood, so there was probably blood, like, in her hair that they didn't see. Yeah. Or on her fingernails or something, because she would have probably just rinsed it all off in the sink real fast and changed her dress. Yeah. That's... I don't know. I'm not, like... I I think she It makes the most sense, but I'm still not, like, convinced in the way, like, everyone sounds, like, so... Like, 100% sure. Yeah, 100% sure. Like, oh, she killed her family. I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't, like... I think... I think she had something... I think it makes the most sense. Yeah. I think she had something to do with it. I think it was, like, her and the maid kind of conspiring on something. Like, the maid still wanted to get paid, but... Or something, yeah. Because the maid was... Or maybe she was telling her, like, she would pay her money. Right, if you keep those to yourself. Yeah. That's crazy. You pay her a big sum of money. Uh, There's no way the maid didn't hear anything or see the body. The sister wasn't in on it, I don't think. No, the sister wasn't there. No. No, but I'm saying, like, even if she was like, okay, Lizzie, go ahead and do your thing. Like, mm. I don't think she was privy to it. Yeah. I don't know. There's that case, though. Such a big case. <laughs> I've never heard about. I can't believe you never heard that case. No, I had heard the nursery rhyme, and I had heard kind of, like, what it was about, but I didn't know, like, the details. Mm-hmm. Like, the in-depth details. Because, like I said, it, I'll hear something that kind of, like, sparks my interest. And I'm like, I need to learn everything about this. 
Like, I spent yeah. weeks researching Scott Peterson. I was like... <laughs> There's a lot to them. No, that was a really interesting case. I can't believe that twist at the end where they actually brought the severed heads in. Like, I'm still <laughs> in shock. I think she did have something to do with it, or she knew about it, or something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something weird. Some fishy. Some fishy. All right, well, that's our story for this week. Um, um, don't forget to leave us a review, mm-hmm. because we only have eight, and one of them's a four-star. <laughs> Boo to the four-star. That star. was my fault, I think. Because <laughs> I talked too fast. I'm That's... sorry, y'all. No, I mean, it was a good Trying one. Trying to get to my point. <laughs> <laughs> you just get so excited. As I do. No, Ro- so Robert was telling me, he was like, oh, I can tell you're from California. And I said, uh, why? And he goes, the way you talk, he was like, He's like, there's no, like, urgency to get anywhere. And I was yeah. like, listen. You just talk so slow. <laughs> I do not. You just talk I too do. fast. I was raised to get to the fucking point. No. Like, I my take... dad was like, spit it out. I take my time. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I do mumble still. That's a bad habit. But yeah. I was told to literally yell and talk fast because he did not have time for what I had to say. <laughs> Um, if I had to talk fast, and you guys will never hear it because I cut it out, I, like, trip over my words. I'm like, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, it's bad. Anyways, um, talk to you later. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at morbidlyintoxicatedpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at morbidlyintoxicatedpodcast. You can find us on Instagram at morbidlyintoxicatedpod. And you can also follow us on our new Twitter page uh, at morbidlyintox, I-N-T-O-X. Thank you to Kelly Carroll for our amazing artwork. You can follow her on Instagram at artbykelly, Kelly spelt with an I. Big shout out to my friend Taylor Hertz, who did our fantastic theme music. You can find him at his website, spelled T-A-Y-L-O-R-H-E-R-T-Z dot com. And thank you to Javi Romero for our awesome photographs. You can follow him on Instagram at orange underscore Javi, spelled J-A-V-I-E. Again, thank you guys so much. Uh, If you'd like to leave us a review, that would be awesome. It would help us out a lot. Go ahead and share this with your friends. And we'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye.